These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Thank you for once more walking this way for another episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me back from his Thanksgiving vacation and what I'm assuming to be a great hibernation nap, his name is Borok, our bear tender. Borok, how was time with the bear family? I could tell you what, we could see from last week's Friday Night Podcast that you, in fact, had quite a relaxing time. But before we get to some thoughts about, well, Kaladesh itself, why it means so much to me, and give an overall update of the show, where it's been, where it's going, and some extra stuff we have brewing... First, let's get a little bit of housekeeping out of the way. First off, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, B-L-E-A-V.com, wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And as always, we want you to join into our conversations. Find us on socials. That is on Twitter, at Draft and Draft Corey. Instagram, Corey Damone Enriquez. And... If you recall from last week, too, we have made some further steps outward to other social medias, including YouTube. Find us on YouTube at Draft and Draft Corey as well. But typically, this is where we segue into talking about Patreon, but that actually has to do with some of the updates that we have going on. So with that in mind, the Sorcerer's Room is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, and let's get to some updates, some thoughts, and dig into some exciting things going on here in the Unlucky Lounge and with Draft and Draft. All right, Borok, credit where credit is due. You had yourself a very good idea. You are a bear of good wisdom and charisma. So let's talk about our Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. The show will always be free, but if you want to help us out, that is your place to do it. And we're also expanding some benefits to our loyal patrons. First off, a big thank you to all of them who are continuing to support this show. And for that, we actually just released a special edition episode of draft and draft for our patrons last week we did a commander legends deck tech here on air and it was multicasted on youtube well we decided to take it a step further and do a paper draft sim we actually had eight packs of commander legends from the booster box that we bought and we simulated our first pack of a draft in Commander Legends. Once it was all recorded and we were editing it up and getting it ready to publish, two things kind of sprang to mind. Number one, I was feeling so very grateful to 
the patrons that have been helping us out in the last few months, and I felt like I could find a way to show them even further thanks. And so that video actually got dropped onto Patreon absolutely free for all of our people supporting the show. Just as a little thank you. Call it a late Thanksgiving offering. The other reason why it's not here on the podcast is more of a logistical reason. After we finished recording it and filming it and began to edit it, we kind of realized that the draft deck tech of us actually opening paper packs really truly worked for the medium of video. Once we converted it over to an audio track, there were just certain things that were pretty unfollowable, especially in the podcast form. So we decided to leave the content that we make for the appropriate mediums and decided to send it along as a little special thank you to our patrons. As I said, the show will always be free and we always want you to come on in and listen. But if you want to check out our paper draft sim for Commander Legends, please do think about exploring that Patreon. But we have to like now talk about the medium as well. This show for over a year has been just about that audio goodness, creating that feel, and we're coming up very closely on our one-year anniversary. And as the show has been growing with great support from our listeners and Believe and just some really wonderful people in the Magic community, all of our guests on the show from Let's Draft to Arjuna to Zbex, uh, Eric Hawkins, and my good friend Augustine Bordel, we wanted to find a way to continue to create an immersive environment and have that same untapped step feel, that celebrating of you and finding ways to vault off into different mediums. And that being true, sometimes we might make things that aren't going to come onto the podcast because, like that paper draft sim, it just works better in video. But that also means that I want to open up the doors to some other suggestions. In fact, one of our listeners tweeted at us and suggested that they wanted to see extended coverage with our Friday night podcast decks. They want to see how those decks function. Now, in the same way that we talked about the medium influencing the creations, we took a second to think about, well, what if we actually played out all the games on air? We have done a lot of play-by-play thus far here on the show of equating games on Friday night podcast, our ascension to mythic episodes as well. And, you know, I think they're great for that one-off game. But to extend this along to a full draft, we're looking at a really prologued episode that would be about two hours. And the truth is, one of the main focuses of the show is to be a digestible, on-the-go magic podcast for people who are traveling in their car from work to home. Or maybe they're doing a walkabout on a treadmill outside, getting some exercise, going on the go, like our Parks and Pears episode. That's what this show is for. It's condensed, it doesn't overstay its welcome, and is able to still deliver that wonderful fictionalized storytelling or fun interactive environment of a draft. So we don't want to put out the entire draft on a podcast episode, but with that suggestion that we got, we got a little creative. Well... Maybe not that creative, in all honesty. You're right, I'm no Guy Fox, I'm no revolutionary, and I'm not the first person to play Magic on Twitch, but we're gonna give it a go. We found a way to make OBS work with our system, and now we have begun to stream on Twitch. So another shout out is to find us on Twitch at Draft and Draft Corey. 
we are going to be doing live streams of different decks. Often we play at night, so for any of my night owls out there, fellow insomniacs, uh, give us a follow on Twitch and you can see us play out some drafts along the way as a way to kind of put a cherry at the end of whatever day we might be streaming. We'll come up with a more finite schedule once things kind of settle down and maybe we find a following and people that want to actually uh, watch with some consistency, but for now just follow us and set those notifications on and it'll give you the heads up of when we're doing drafts and if maybe you're not saying night owl, that's totally fine too. Our videos on demand will be available through Twitch for at least 14 days after we air them so take for example our friday night podcast i would say leave yourself a window of 12 days after we air the episode to have a chance to watch that full deck play out we want to make sure that we're fulfilling those requests and maybe give people some more insight on the different decks that we are drafting the off the wall strategies like triple night market lookout and more so if you want to check that out find us on twitch we're going to continue to expand out some great offerings we have with Draft and Draft and trying to give more back to the community, produce more content, and give you all a chance to come and join us here in the Unlucky Lounge for some more magical memories. Anyway, that's enough of our, let's call it state of the pub address. And with the dawning of our first year anniversary coming up very, very quickly, I want to go back to some of the original episodes that we made. This includes our episode where we met Morrow on our Disney cruise ship. This includes the episode such as The Day the Swamp Dried Out. I want to revisit our storytelling episodes, see if we can take some of the lessons we've learned along the way to create a wonderful product, and also equate it to something very contemporary. And that's, of course, Kaladesh. Kaladesh Remastered, as you know, is here on Arena, and I was so excited to see that Kaladesh was returning to Magic Arena for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is my, well, I guess I can say my favorite. It's hard to call something a favorite, wouldn't you think, listeners? The world gives us a bunch of different experiences for us to help define the kind of people that we are. And I think the memory of my journey, the Kaladesh Grand Prix, is just such an event. And I would like to tell that tale with you all here today. So before we get into our storytelling, let's go ahead and have a little toast, a little cheers to all of you, my newer listeners, the ones who have been along for a year, and for everyone tuning in in this moment, I want to say thank you. I want to celebrate all of you with a little thing that we like to call the untapped step. <sighs> the first sip is always the greatest. Untapped step is done. And so it's time for us to transport ourselves back to my favorite competitive magic memory of all time. That being the 2016 Kaladesh Grand Prix in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Perhaps it's ironic that a story about playing card games doesn't start off with the fervor and sounds of a convention hall in your nearby local major metropolitan city, but no, this story starts all the way back to something I mentioned earlier in this episode, my days working on the Disney cruise ships. 
A few years had already gone by in my tenure working for the big main man mouse. I would say, well, about three. And there's a certain truth about repetitiveness that is very true, I think, for all of us. No matter where we end up or how we interact with the world, routine is great and it's important, but after a while, the body yearns for something different. It yearns for a new endeavor, but at the same time, it also desires for nostalgia. At this point, Magic the Gathering was still a pretty large part of my life, but in a given year, you're working about nine months on cruise ships and have about three months off. So I wasn't getting a chance to dig at the try-hard, deep, limited strategies that I had gotten quite used to in the early 2010s. But as time went on, I strongly desired to return back to my glory and also return back to the joy I had at opening packs and making decks on the fly. Now, my listeners, don't ask me how the world of planeswalking and mana symbols came back into my life in the unassuming metal hallways of a massive entertainment luxury liner, but it did with a friend of the show, former guest Augustine Bordel. Talented artist and, well, I came to learn, was actually a former massive Argentinian Pokemon player. And I think just our love of similar nerdships began to create a kindred bond. And he in fact told me that he was familiar with magic. And I think we both got swept up in a classic time, a time that we're all familiar with. That of course is spoiler Christmas time. I don't need to explain to all of you just the amazing period of time when we start to see all the new cards spoiled. We've talked about it before, and I know that him and I both got swept up in all the really cool and unique things coming out of the original Kaladesh set. Energy was a foreign mechanic, starting off the what I like to classify as Z resource that we would come to know and embrace wholeheartedly in magic in the coming years after Kaladesh. Also, the return of artifacts. I mean, everybody loves artifacts. It's stuff. It's stuff in magic card form, and we all love stuff. And let's not talk about one of the biggest bits of bling out of the original Kaladesh set. Chandra Torch of Defiance gave a big shiny gem in the eye of all players that love value and loved the Planeswalkers. Of course we were searching for something really cool like a Chandra Torch of Defiance and now it is openly accessible in signature spellbook Chandra but we won't tell past Corey about that, will we? Whoa! Ugh. I always hate that re-entry. Oh no, not hey. you again. Corey, what's this? I hear you're talking about past me. I mean, oh, just, I mean oh me, God. me, and your future me, but... Time, time travel. travel. Yeah, yeah, but what are you doing here? I don't know. Future me came back to me, said I gotta go back and do Ugh, something because the time's all wibbly-wobbly and Borok's talking like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, listen, no, stop, stop. Listen, past me, you can't be here right now. We're 
trying to tell a story about a future set for you and quite frankly we just dipped into the time travel pool like less than a month ago we can't re-dip back into that well for a while that's just bad Ugh. storytelling okay whatever i'll go but Good. just so you know you're still a boomer hey i am not a boom why do i always just put myself on tilt anyway kaladesh story time myself and gus decided to wrap a little bit of self-indulgence and self-celebration and we decided to pre-order a box of Kaladesh from our local game store at our home port of Port Canaveral, Florida which was Islanders in one of the most dilapidated malls that you'll ever see and I can't even imagine what it looks like in 2020 but regardless we split a box we open it up and we cracked some sealed pools uh, by the way, notable things that we actually ended up opening out of the box, we did, for our foil rare, get a foil Chandra Torch of Defiance. I gave it to Gus for equal value out of the box, and I feel pretty good about that choice now that, you know, it's pretty easy to get a hold of them with Chandra's Spellbook. But regardless, we opened the packs, and it was that moment of reopening the packs and showing him what a sealed deck was. That re-inspired my vigor and passion to try and find some really strong limited gameplay. And of course, that was the time where Grand Prix were still super proliferated. They were everywhere and they were accessible. So, I made the ultimate sacrifice. I turned on my internet on the cruise ship. I know, friends. I know. The ultimate sacrifice. You see, for my newer listeners of the show, I've explained before in the past that internet is like oil on a cruise ship. It is one of the hardest things, not only to come by with a good signal, but its premium is super high. Quite frankly, whether or not you are working on the ship or you're a guest, internet prices can be out of this world. But that's how much that Kaladesh meant to me. That's how cool I thought the set was and still maintain that it is that cool to this day. It's so vast and wide with mechanics and so wrought with strategy that I had to open up my internet browser and discover a potential GP that I could go to to test my Kaladesh chops. And sure enough, on my next vacation, there was one near my hometown. So suddenly, opening up that box of Kaladesh was not just for cracking packs for pure enjoyment, but it was to start a line of strategy to get me in a place to hang in there and compete with the best at GP Milwaukee Kaladesh Limited. With another contract on board, my cruise ship ended, and nothing but optimism and high-level competitive play on the horizon, I made my way back to my home state of Wisconsin, where, thankfully, I had a few weeks still to prepare for Kaladesh GP Milwaukee. And that's one thing that a lot of people wouldn't expect at first blush when it comes to open large-scale events like the old-school PTQs or Grand Prix, going into an event with inlaid experiences, great and helpful. But truthfully, testing, practicing, grinding, 
and working off the opinions of your peers is the only way to properly prepare for the challenges and rigor that you will face at a large two-day scaled event. Gracefully and gratefully, I had a small community in the Milwaukee area of people that would consistently gather in, let's say, not the largest of apartments to get together, draft in the best way that we possibly could with paper, with all legitimacy, and with people of equal skill level to do what we all love to do, try hard at drafting. And so with a few weeks still to prep before GP Kaladesh, I went to as many drafts as I possibly could. But most importantly, not just playing the cards, but listening to those groups of friends, listening to other content creators, and engaging in the game from many different perspectives helped me gain not only a greater sense of what the limited environment was, but confidence in oneself. This moment in time also served as a pseudo level up moment for me. This was a moment when I realized that knowledge is not a finite thing, it's cumulative. Only by ascertaining the viewpoints of multiple different perspectives was I able to create my own point of view. And in particular, my own point of view with Kaladesh Limited. All of this preface before we actually get to telling about my experience at the GP is just leading to a couple important points. Number one, find your people. Find your people, celebrate them, tell them that you appreciate them. Whether it be a commander play group or a group of seven other people all looking to draft in your local friend's apartment. Do it, appreciate them, and let them know. Second is that even though playing the cards and getting good at the game in general is important, it's also important for us to put the research in and give things a go, experiment, try different things from different perspectives. And the last point that I want to make is to combat a fallacy of my younger days and just put down a, I think, absolute finite truth that we can all benefit a little bit more from. When I was a kid, I loved the idea of spontaneity. Hit the road, try something. Maybe you don't have things fully planned, but let the world take you away. That is not at all the way you should approach going to a major magic tournament. You need to have a plan. You have to have an idea of where you're going to sleep. How far are you from the convention hall? What is going to be your price point before and after the event? These things are not cheap, but they're definitely worth the try. But the only way that you can really truly be prepared is to realize the time before, the time during, and the costs associated with said things. Also, this is a moment where I want to send some appreciation out to all of my friends in the drafting Milwaukee area. And just to say thank you. While I have a voice here on my podcast, I want to say thank you to those people who invited me in and let me join in and draft with them. I was a relative unknown with a few recommendations from some friends in Minneapolis, but I'm so grateful to this day that I was able to join their group and draft with them. And quite frankly, their knowledge in Kaladesh helped me quite a bit when I got to GP Kaladesh, Milwaukee. You know, when most people think about Grand Prix, they think about the main event, the two days surrounding it. But quite frankly, there is a lot before 
around and during massive GPs. This is, of course, why WotC changed the name from Grand Prix to Magic Fest, but this is 2016, and this was Grand Prix Milwaukee. Oh man, I remember walking into that convention hall just feeling the adrenaline pumping through my veins. I was ready to jump back at a big two-day high competitive solid level two REL event. It was time to return back to those moments of grinding GP magic, going to PTQs. It had been a while and I was alive and awake for it. That's right, Borok. It may have been winter time. The winter's onset was hinting and flirting with us, but I was not in hibernation mode. No, I was there, and I was there at the event as early as I possibly could be, and that means I was there on Friday. One thing, all of my friends, whenever we get a chance to go back to Magic Fest again and there's a big two-day main event, you gotta make sure you plan for the full weekend. Get there on Thursday. Fridays is where you can do your preambles and your extra bits of practice before going into the GP proper and in fact I knew with all the drafting that we did my sealed game was not up to snuff. Here's the cool thing back in the day you could participate in sealed events on the Friday before the first day one of the Saturday of your GP event to try and do well at one of the different sealed events on Friday. If you do well enough you get to qualify for some buys in the next day. Up to two, in fact. That's right, Borak, you could sleep in on the day of your competition. <laughs> That's right, Borak, I know you take your sleep seriously, and we all should. We gotta self-care to play at our best in real life paper magic. Don't worry, we'll get back to that later. But we did uh, two different grinder events on that Friday. Both of which, unfortunately, we did not do well enough to earn any buys. In some ways, though, I didn't much mind. I was ready to jump in and play more Magic. I mean, I worked on cruise ships. I didn't get a chance to play a lot of Magic in my time off on cruise ships. Your time off on a cruise ship is a nap! No, I was there to play Magic. And I got to get just the right amount of sealed practice to get me ready for day one of that GP event. It was Saturday morning, day one, Grand Prix. Nearly 1,400 people all packed into the Milwaukee Convention Center. The snow had already began to fall down outside, and I was ready to open my sealed deck. Now, if you've never made it to a Grand Prix before, or a Magic Fest before they shut down for 2020, that day one energy of everyone opening up their six packs, praying to the multiverse, that they open something strong, something big, something powerful, just to try and get a shot making it to day two, that energy is something out of this world. And the nice thing about this GP compared to past ones where you have this polka dot tango of passing packs around and pools after you register them to finally end up at a random pool that may or may not have something cool and this one we just swapped with the person across from us they registered our deck list on a deck registration sheet passed it back and you made your deck and i maybe didn't have the biggest of bomb rares no gear hulks 
If I'd had a few solid different things, like a big blue energy flyer that has the ability to bounce a bunch of things back to people's hands off of spending a butt-ton of energy, alongside having the really nice package of Teamer energy cards. We had Imperial Voyager, we had Whirler Virtuoso, we had Fabrication Module. But most importantly, the deck that I opened, it had given me a chance. It wasn't maybe the most insane or crazy deck that we ever opened in a sealed environment before, but it was solid enough to go. Might have been missing a few pieces of removal with, I think, a single Harnessed Lightning being the only thing that I could actually use to interact with opponent's creatures. Well, that and an Appetite for Destruction, which was quite tasty, and took care of a number of Renegade Freighters. Let me tell you something. Toot toot? No, no, no. We said, destroy you. I don't like that, but you know what? We're going to keep it in the cast anyway. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not my best rhyme, Borok, but you know what? If Shakespeare can do a slant rhyme, so can I. The deck was manageable enough, and alongside all of those things, plus we did have a Sahili's Artistry. Man, that card is not in Kaladesh Remastered, but it was sweet. It's four blue-blue. You choose one or both. Make a copy of Target Artifact on the battlefield, or make a copy of a creature on the battlefield. So if you play for six and make two different things, man, you are golden. And I remember a number of times, since Sealed Kaladesh was pretty turtly and pretty slow, you could get yourself in a position where you have your own decoction module, and you have the Sealy's Artistry, you make a copy of it alongside your Whirler Virtuoso. Every Thopter you make creates two energy, which means all you have to do is really spend one energy to make a Thopter. Oh, I miss that so much. It was so nice. But the deck functioned well enough for us to continue through to play, and we ended day one with a very respectable X1 and 1. That means one loss, one draw, and a bucket of other wins. This means that we had enough to make it to day two. Boom. Boy, and after play concluded on day one, I just remember joy and laughter and revelry amongst a bunch of my fellow magic playing friends and it wasn't just me it was a good five other people in our group that had end up making day two and i remember walking for a long time amongst that snowy wisconsin november night on saturday trying to find a place to eat with about 12 other magic players without having any kind of reservation see before the point i made about having a plan and following through with it if I recall, a few of the people had a plan for dinner, and a bunch of us tagged along with no other previous plans. We had dinner, I remember walking back to the convention hall with a very conscious strategy in mind. You see, friends, though I lived in Wisconsin, my home was about an hour away. And I know that driving in the morning is totally reasonable to get back for a day two potential, but I wanted to have a better plan than that. So I had some friends from Minnesota that traveled to Milwaukee for the GP, and they agreed to let me stay in their room. So I decided to drive down and stay the night in the downtown Milwaukee area. However, it was, of course, their room in their names, so I was kind of just bumming on the floor. 
classic magic traveling. Am I right, all my enfranchised players? But since the hotel was not at all affiliated with me whatsoever, I didn't have my name on the reservation at all, that means I couldn't get parking with the hotel, so I had to find either street parking or lot parking. I was fortunate enough to also do some additional planning, realizing that the road parking in downtown Milwaukee on Sundays is not checked. That's right, the meters go unchecked on Sundays, so that means all I had to do was have my car in a solid place throughout Saturday, and as soon as the clock hit 10 p.m. on Saturday night, that parking would be absolutely free, and I found a doozy of a location. It was the sweetest parking spot right in front of the convention hall. Now, granted, that does require a little bit of sacrifice on our part. Well, our part, meaning my part. I had to feed the meter throughout the day. So from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., every two and a half hours or so, I went back down and fed some more money into the electronic parking machine right outside of the convention hall in Wisconsin. But it was well worth it for such a premium spot. Got there early, was hyped, ready, and I had a place to engage at the GP and have my car within walking distance of the convention hall. Can I get a chef's kiss? It was beautiful. But for my keen listeners who also live in winterized states, you know that there is still a hitch in my plan overall. And that is a four-letter word known as snow. You see, while street parking is free after 10 p.m. on Saturday, there is one caveat to the rule. That caveat being the fact that if it snows and a snow emergency is declared, suddenly that parking area is subject to towing because the roads have to be plowed. They must be plowed. So if you're parking anywhere on the street, boom, your car is gone. And if I know anything about the Wisconsin transportation system, they are right on top of anyone parking on the road during a snow emergency. So as we walked back to the convention hall, it dawned on me that this snow emergency might just take place. And so as the snow was pounding down and starting to pile around the streets of Milwaukee, I had to be savvy and on top of any emergencies declared. So while the 12 of us walked back to a local bar near that convention hall, semi-close to the hotel room that I was bumming my friends with, I had to make sure that my car was not gonna be subject to tow. So we had to stay awake. At that bar, we ordered a drink. We ordered another one, and I thought, what the hell, I have to stay awake because I can't let my car get towed here in a major metropolitan city without enough funds to be able to take care of that towing fee. So I was on top of it, my phone out, looking at any updates I might have to snow emergency while the night started to wane onward and onward. Like I said, thankfully, I had people around me, people from Minnesota, people from Milwaukee, and acquaintances that hold a very special place in my heart. I remember the night went as far to 3 a.m. in the morning, and I was there with a girl that I had pined for in the magic community for years. She was the kind of person that not only was charismatic and smart and funny and, well, beautiful, 
but she also was always evenly tempered and super kind to me. Even though the first time we met years ago, she had no reason really to be. And yet she was. And to this day, though we never ended up bringing it further past friendship, I still remember moments like 3am Sunday morning on day two of the Kaladesh GP. She was there waiting out the snow emergency with me, sitting around, shooting the conversation. And we were just two people being there in the same space and everything was said and unsaid at the same time. And there wasn't any awkwardness, it was just people. And I think that's one of those moments where even though you're with someone you've always been into, that kind of feeling, that kind of attraction is not as important as being alongside another person and just knowing them. And even if you never get together, those moments that you have are still beautiful. And if she's listening, and she probably knows who she is, although I know she's not listening, I just want to thank her for all the kindness that she gave me and being there with me at 3 in the morning waiting on a snow emergency so I wouldn't be alone to see if my car would get toned or not. But I guess that's one of the reasons why love in the time of Kaladesh is such a thing to me. Because that love took on multiple meanings. It's not just love of a limited environment or self-love, but it's the love of the friends that you have and the times that you get to spend together. And I guess Kaladesh Remastered being on Arena, I just wanted to share that story. It's not often I talk about relationship stuff, especially not on air. I try to keep that as a different part of my life. But I can't avoid Kaladesh without being able to express the love in my heart and the love of being around GPs. And even this year, I planned to go to multiple GPs during my vacations in between Disney Cruise Lines and be able to go to them having another person in my life that I would love. It's funny how sometimes no plans work out. The things you expect go sideways. And it is just like limited. You have to improvise. You have to deal and you have to go with that same feeling of jazz. Expect the unexpected. And know how to deal with things that are sometimes out of your control. Anyway, listeners, thank you for that little aside, and I hope you indulged a little bit of a cathartic release on my own part. Regardless, 3am rolled around, I parted ways with all of my other friends, and this was a good news, bad news type of situation. Good news, no snow emergency was declared, so I could keep my car right in front of the convention hall now free of charge. Although we had to kind of dig our car out of a number of large snow mounds surrounding us that was created by the snow plows by using the snow scraper and whapping down a bunch of snow mounds to try and make my car drivable on Sunday night. So that's the good news. The bad news 
is that it was super early in the morning. So early that no amount of texts from the friends that I was sleeping on the hotel floor with would get them awake and allow me to get in the room. Because remember, this was not my hotel room. I was just going to sleep on the floor for Saturday morning. So here I am, downtown Milwaukee. Car is safe. I'm safe. But where am I going to go this early in the morning? I could probably try to find a hotel room, but where I was, this was major metropolitan Milwaukee. Expensive hotel rooms at 3 in the morning, plus, I mean, how weird would it be for me to book a room at 3 in the morning in downtown Milwaukee, am I right? Kind of strange. So I didn't know what to do. Couldn't get in the convention hall, it wasn't going to open till 7am. I was starting to just walk around the streets with my bag of magic cards in the middle of a snowstorm with a light jacket on trying to find how I'm going to wait out the next few hours when suddenly I realized I have to find a place that's open 24 hours and where was that? Well, it's a good old place known as George Webb's your family friendly chain diner in Greater Wisconsin I went in there around 4.30 in the morning. I can only imagine what they must be thinking. I remember walking in with this massive bag of magic cards, asking if I could just sit down, have a little bit of food and some coffee, and trying to figure out how to say, could I stay there for a few hours? But thankfully, apparently this was not unusual. It is not the first time they've had people try to stay up all night to do something on the next day. So as long as I was paying something to get some coffee and food, they were okay with me sticking around. So thank goodness for your late night 24-hour diner, or chain diner in this situation of George Webb's. I think I had something like one of those big breakfast platters filled with bacon, eggs, and hash browns, and a copious amounts of coffee. So much coffee that we were shaking as we walked back into that convention hall for day two of our GP. I looked like Liz Harmon from The Queen's Gambit after a bender, but instead of a bender, we were just wired on a lot of cheap cups of George Webb's original brew. Friends, there we were, day two, Kaladesh GP 2016. We're a little sleep deprived, with maybe an hour in. We've got a bunch of coffee flowing through our veins, but nonetheless, with a record of X1 and 1, we were excited for the day's events. Two drafts before splitting to top eight, and we're still in the hunt. In fact, we were a little bit ahead of our last time we were at day two in a GP, the Zendikar in Minneapolis GP. We made it to day two with a record of X and two, so we were a little bit ahead with that extra point, giving us a world of chance. But we'd have to do well. We would have to have a colossal effort in order to make it to that top eight and potentially qualify for the Pro Tour. Draft number one, I remember, was a really interesting and cool deck we put together. It was a black-red tokens build with a number of solid fabricate creatures, including Weaponcraft Enthusiast, and one of my favorite rares from the set, Animation Module. 
one colorless, an artifact that says whenever a plus one plus one counter is put on a creature you control, you can pay one to make a servo, and then you can pay three and tap it to put an additional counter on tiger player or permanent. Whew. We had enough of a deck to make something happen. We had good removal, and we had some creature value going on. Game one, though, we would face a very solid challenge in playing against Christian Calcano. I remember that game quite well in that he had a green-white go-wide strategy, and everyone knew on the mine, Inspiring Charge was sure to cast a shadow on any white deck. Even with Nyssa on his battlefield, we were still able to pull out the W by getting enough servo value. Round two of our first draft on day two. We went up against a person that looked quite familiar to us. In fact, this person was the very same person that gave us a loss on day number one. And in this round, we would also lose to him once more. Oh my gosh, I still remember that whole round and the interactions. It went to game three. He mulliganed to five. I had a seven-card keep with all swamps in my hand alongside every card that I could play. But then he played turn one Minister of Impediments, the one-two that you pay energy to mill your opponent three cards. And I watched each and every single one of my mountains hit the graveyard. And of course, I would draw nothing but red cards, too. And... If it couldn't get any stranger, this guy that I lost to on the first draft of Day 2 GP Kaladesh was the same guy that I lost to in Day Number 1. What an uncanny situation. But I just remember that person being one of the kinder opponents that I think I will ever have met. And even though I lost to him and my top 8 hopes were all but dashed, I still am so grateful and I don't think I could have asked to lose to a better person. So... Wherever that guy is, thank you for the games, and it truly was a pleasure to lose to you. Well, even though I lost and Top 8 was all but a dream at this point, we still had a lot to play for. I mean, the prizes in Day 2 end up being pretty sweet. And I'm happy to report that for the next four rounds, including the next draft, we ended up going 4-0. Ending the whole weekend with an X2-1 record. And ending up in 10th. <laughs> Just missing top 8 based off of tiebreakers. And even though we were so close and could taste that opportunity to top 8 a GP, I still look back at that Kaladesh event with so much fondness, so much joy, and so many great memories. And it's one of those moments, too, that I was able to kind of level up and see a loss for what it is and see the experience of the game to be more than just amounting to a final result. I just remember all the prep going into it, all the friends I got to share those memories with, the high-level play I engaged with, and I'm just happy. I can't wait for us all to get a chance to go out again in public and socialize and COVID being a thing of the past and... I can't wait to step into a convention hall again to attend a Magic Fest, play some high-level competitive magic, and win, lose, or draw, create some really great memories off of that. And thank you for indulging me for this episode of being both a state of the bar and 
a story that I like to call Love in the Time of Kaladesh. An event like that helps remind me of why I love this game, why I love Try Hard Limited, and why I'm so grateful for all the people I encountered, all the people I've played against, and of course, all of you, my listeners. Well, all of my unlucky lounge rats, that's the end of our story that I like to call Love in the Time of Kaladesh. We really appreciate you swinging on by and enjoying some story time. And of course, we want to hear and know you. So find us on Twitter, on YouTube, and now on Twitch at Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on Instagram at Corey Demone Enriquez. Or of course, if you want to help support the show, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Well, I've reached the bottom of my drink and my story, and so we've reached the end of this episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And this has been Draft and Draft. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.